mention some classified materials, some uh, documents recently leaked, some classified documents. And this isn't a gotcha show, but I do want to ask about it. That says you are currently 81 years old. Who the hell told you that? Yeah. That's classified. That's classified. All right, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. If if it were me, the answer would be when he said, who the hell told me that? I would say, well, I just found those papers behind your Corvette. <laughs> uh, but, of course, Seth didn't say that. Jennifer Bukowski is with us, brilliant criminal defense attorney. Um, wouldn't that have been your uh, your response to that, Jen? One of the stronger parts of Joe Biden's appearance is trying to make a joke of the classified age thing. But it was a struggle to watch this, Gary. Twice during this softball interview with Seth Meyers in honor of the 10-year anniversary of the Seth Meyers show, which I randomly turned on last night. It's the first time I've ever seen this show. Uh, he just runs out of steam, and Seth has to cover for him because he loses his trail of thought twice during a softball interview. And it's one thing if, like, someone that's never been on TV before kind of loses their trail of thought and isn't able to perform. But even if you have dementia, if you've been doing this, literally has been doing this kind of stuff longer than I've been alive, uh, and he's been a U.S. senator, he's been a vice president, you should be able to do this kind of stuff in your sleep, but not being able to finish your sentence because you clearly lost your train of thought is uh, embarrassing, and it happened twice during that softball interview last night. Can you imagine he is dealing with Chairman Xi and Putin? Can no, you imagine? I mean, it's, it's really scary. I mean, he's, it was funny watching Trump make fun of how Joe Biden gets lost on stage <laughs> over the weekend because he does a great imitation of him, but the guy can't even find his way off stage. I mean, he's not there. And this is someone that, with so much experience. These politicians, Gary, you know it, I know it. They have these canned lines, and they're able to talk in their sleep, basically, if they want to. And he used to be able to do that, and he no longer can. And it's scary that he's supposedly the leader of the free world right now yeah um it, it is uh, it is a bit terrifying isn't it uh i don't know the democrats are arguing that in spite of all this he's getting a lot done and he's a great president yeah gavin newsom said he's giving a master class Give me a break. What a lying statement. But that's the line they're going now. Oh, his age is a benefit because he has so much experience. But he, in that clip, he's talking about, look at all the results. And Trump wants to undo our all of the results. I'm like, yeah, like, close the border. That's one of the results that you've wreaked on our country that Trump definitely wants to undo day one. I... Uh... I just don't see a bright future with either one of these guys in the White House. Uh, the difference between them um, isn't going to make a hell of a lot uh, in, in terms of saving the republic from itself. Just isn't. Uh, let's uh, let's go on because we we got more. Washington Post. Don't blame Biden's dogs for the blood on the White House floor. I suppose it's Trump's uh, fault. No, believe it or not, Joel Abramson, this Washington Post columnist, wrote this column saying the more she read of this 200-page report about the blood and uh, havoc that these two German shepherds wreaked on the Secret Service and others, biting them, the more angry she got with the Bidens because she has experience with dogs 
And this was mismanagement by the Bidens and it's blood on their hands. You know, and I have a dog owner too. A dog bites you once, you know, maybe a dog is one bite. But after that, it's over. You know, you need to get rid of the dog. And you can't have all these people be attacked where they need, they need stitches, where there's blood all over the floor of the East Wing and they have to stop giving tours. And then you allow that animal to still be around your Secret Service and the people that are there at the White House or wherever you happen to be, where your grandchildren are or whatever else. And the Secret Service had to live in terror of these dogs attacking them because they kept attacking them repeatedly. It's such a cold and callous thing for the Bidens to have let these dogs uh, do the damage and carnage that they both did. When you and say get rid of the dogs... It shows that they don't care. They don't care you, about their, the people. When you said that uh, the second bite, you get rid of the dog, what did you mean? You did can't you have the you... dog around people anymore. You can't certainly have the dog wandering around or whatever else. So, so you weren't you saying know, euthanize. There are cities you're... where it gets put down. Yeah, there are cities where a dog does get euthanized if they attack uh, people outside the household and bite them twice. That can get your dog taken from you. Yeah, I, uh, I, I think that's a correctable problem. I think the problem is the Bidens don't know about, I mean, they can't raise children. Uh, so it's no surprise they can't raise dogs. Yeah, but they're misbehaving that badly. And these are not small dogs. These are German shepherds. So they can do damage. These are dogs that are used in warfare and with police, you know, to chase down people that, are, uh, that can tackle humans. And it's a scary kind of dog to have that's out of control like that. And it's not the dog's fault. You're right, Gary. These dogs were not properly trained, but if they're not properly trained, they have no business living in the White House, especially as long as they did. And it just shows like a lack of caring or feeling. And it reminds me, quite frankly, of the Bidens ignoring their granddaughter for as long as they did until they finally had enough public pressure to issue a milky milk toast statement on a Friday afternoon saying, oh, by the way, yeah, we do have this other granddaughter. Well, like they just don't care about people. They pretend, oh, Joe, he's a good old boy that cares. No, he doesn't care about other. It, he doesn't care. <laughs> you know. Uh, look at look at the state of his children. His daughter in rehab. Uh, his son a drug addict. Uh, I, I mean, it, it really. I I wouldn't trust him to raise a dog either. Frankly, uh, let's. Uh, so we're trusting him to run a country, though. Yeah, a big one. Yeah, a uh, <laughs> guy who can't put one foot in front of the other. We've got him literally running the country. Oh, crazy making. Um, let's uh, let's do the uh, Ronna McDaniel. McDaniel. Uh, apparently, they were spending an awful lot of money on catering and limousines and private flights and not winning any elections. She's yeah, that's gone. certainly true. And I, I like seeing that Trump's like, okay, Rana, you're done. You know, I mean, Trump is an establishment. He's just, uh, he's not an outsider anymore if he's able to dictate this. But Rana quite clearly said when my friend Hermit ran against her last year that she was not going to be done until after this election. And then she agreed she wouldn't run for another term. So this is not her idea. This is Trump's idea. And she's, she's being ousted. But you know what, Gary? I like it. I like that Trump is already, before he's even won back the White House, 
cleaning house and doing things that need to be done to get the ship righted here. Ronnie McDaniel was finally making noise about, you know, bank your vote and things like that. But the Democrats cheated fair and square to win in 2020 to win the White House by enacting all these new rules under the auspice of COVID and having all these mail-in ballots at record numbers. They did that again in 2022. Shouldn't have been a shock to them. And Ronnie just didn't show the leadership to, uh, to combat that, to get our votes out and banked and everything else. And so you keep losing and losing like that. You shouldn't keep your job. It doesn't make any sense. Like she's like a football coach. If you're losing, 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 they get rid of you. And so that's what's happening here, finally. Did you, uh, a couple of cases here. I, I want to go back to the whole Georgia thing. Uh, Breitbart reports that uh, the Biden administration planted operative Jeff DeSantis in the Fannie Willis office to target Trump. And I know that uh, the, the uh, uh, prosecutors in Georgia and in New York both went to the White House before they pulled the trigger on their prosecution of Donald Trump. Is that election interference? I'm just curious. Do you, do you think that's election interference? It depends. I mean, it certainly could be argued that I don't know if it's legally election interference for them to be like, hey, you're kind of on our team. Go work at this district attorney and get her to file some case. That's interesting, though. I mean, there's certainly collusion between, and it's funny that Nathan uh, Hunt puts that on his billing reports, you know, this meeting at the White House that he bills to the county. That's an interesting thing. I mean, they are so good at, at this kind of stuff. Remember they left spies basically over uh, from the Obama administration to spy on the Trump administration last time, too, at these holdovers that they were reporting back everything to the DNC people. Yeah. So that doesn't surprise me at all that they sent... They dispatch different people to join different thing, teams gotta, and um, make these things happen. I got another blockbuster story that I'm going to share with you uh, from Blaze Media. And, and it's uh, literally, it, it, the story was printed in the Atlantic. I want your opinion on this. And we'll do that next on the Gary Nolan Show on the Zimmer Radio Network. It is 1121. Jennifer Bukowski is with us. She is a criminal defense attorney extraordinaire. And uh, she always has her finger on the pulse of what's going on around the country. On Friday, The Atlantic published an article, and in it they explained how Democrats could disqualify Trump if the Supreme Court doesn't. The plan, uh, if the Supreme Court doesn't give clear guidance, uh, i.e. the outcomes the Democrats want, according to The Atlantic, then House Democrats suggest they could that they might not certify a Trump win on January 6th. Yeah. Is that uh, is that not what they accused Trump of doing? Yeah, they like they were looking at charging the attorney that wrote the memo explaining, you know, oh, the vice president could theoretically do this, which that has been now fixed within statute. But talk about it a threat to democracy. They say, oh, to save democracy, what do we have to do? We have to lock up our political opponents. <laughs> we have to charge them with crimes, and we have to say that we're not going to count the votes of the people, even if they, if we lose in November. It's scary stuff. Gary, it's banana public stuff, for sure. And uh, it, it's quite something, really. 
it's I've never seen this kind of vitriol, this kind of anger. Uh, you know, I've I've seen you know I've been disappointed. Jimmy Carter got elected. I was disappointed uh, when the Obamians got in the way. I've been disappointed, but I've never you know it's never been like it's been the last eight years. What what is yeah, causing? We're this? in for a heck of a year this year as well. Well, you know, I think a lot of theories have been discussed, and I'm not the first to say this, but I think that there's a lack of religion on the left, and politics has become religion for a lot of people. And so it's like anti-ethical to their faith and their their belief system that that this you know ideology has become like their faith. So they don't want. Uh, their kids dating someone from the right. And it didn't used to be that way. It used to be, oh, we don't want, our, we're Catholic. We don't want you dating a Jew or we don't want you dating, you know, we want you dating someone from our own church. Now, to the left, this is their church. And so they don't like anyone who's not in their church winning office or um, associating with them. Um, I, I got to do something here, uh, just a little bit out of the ordinary. Brian, looking up at the at the monitor, uh, do you see the uh, uh, Joe Biden in front of a fireplace? I do not. I'm on a commercial right now. Oh, all right. Because I, I, I'm in the other studio and I use gotcha. the other side. Uh, there is uh, Biden meets with Big Four in Ukraine, and he's in front of oh, a boy. roaring fire. And I thought that was carbon fuel. <laughs> I don't know. I, I just I thought that was uh, rather peculiar. Jennifer Bukowski. Well, you know is with these us. very old people. They need to have an Afghan wrapped around them at all times. You know, <laughs> when they get to the state of frail, frail. Not that I'm laughing at that, but it is true. They do get chilly. Yeah, maybe uh, that's that, why he needs a roaring fire for a meeting with all the press and all the lights and four other people. Bizarre. Really, really bizarre. All right. Uh, 874-9390. The toll-free number is 800-529-5572. We covered Ronna McDonald. Uh, Google Gemini invented fake reviews smearing his book. Um, This is Mike Lindell at CPAC. This broke a few hours ago. Yeah, this this broke a few hours ago. Uh, all the Gemini stuff you probably covered already on your show, the ridiculous, like, removal of white people from history and, you know, white mon- or British monarchs are always black and brown people if you ask them to generate images. But this Peter Yassin wrote a book about big, te- big tech's political biases and it's critical of Google. Gemini made up four different reviews uh, that were negative about the book. He said... Well, Gemini spat out summaries of four negative reviews extensively from the Washington Free Beacon, the New York Times, the New York Times Book Review, and Wired, including including quotes from each one of these. He was surprised because he's like, this was my book. I read all the reviews on it, and these quotes did not happen. So he's asking them for links and sources, and then the Gemini backs down saying, oh, well, I'm a developing software system, and I don't have that answer. But this Gemini went so far as to make up quotes from reviews that were critical. And in one instance, the review that the book got was very positive. Uh, And and, uh, so that's next level. That's next level, Gary, that they're uh, the Gemini is willing to lie 
uh, create fake sources and trash a book that is critical of software Google. It's I funny. Do. I mean, some of this stuff is funny because it, it uh, generated images of the Google founders as Asian when they're both white, you know, so that's kind of funny. But some of this stuff is scary because Google is one of the most powerful companies in the world. And they have uh, this AI system that has no moral compass, clearly. It's willing to make facts up. Well, first, I did not cover this, uh, but uh, it is a story that uh, other conservatives have talked about, how you can ask uh, Google's AI uh, to generate a picture of, of people that you know were white and, and they come out uh, black and Hispanic and whatever. Uh, yeah, so, like they ask him to generate an image of a pope. We've had like 600 popes. It came up with a woman and a man. One's Indian, one's black. Like, she just can't make this stuff up. There's never been a black pope or obviously not a woman pope either. But it's uh, like all that kind of stuff is biased. They've, there was a huge thread that I retweeted on my Twitter at Esquire on Fire where they asked it to write a 20-word poem about two different people, and it would about one and not about the other again and again and again in ways that just there it belies explanation. Like, why would you write a, a poem in the style of one person but not the other? It's clearly just complete political bias. Well, there's so an it's, old... it's like practically defamatory. It says about like catcher who's this big account on x or twitter that he's done like child abuse type stuff you know insinuating that he's got some sort of history and he's looking into suing because it's defamatory well there's an old saying in, in, in computer uh, uh programming it's a uh, garbage in garbage out uh and this yes. is this is garbage garbage in but you know yeah, and they have no excuse for it they have all the money all the best data the best engineers, but if you have twenty DEI people in every meeting, this is the kind of crap you're going to come up. You're going to end up having as a product. Well, there will be conservatives who have their own version of uh, artificial intelligence, and they'll do a better job. Or just call it straight. Just have the computer come up with facts and not be biased. You know, I don't want to bias one way or the other. I'd like it to just call balls and strikes and you know, produce whatever is requested by the user without having an opinion of whether it's, oh, it's too bad or scary for you to read about this or know about this or for me to write a poem in the style of Donald Trump, but we can't about in the style of Nikki Haley or Joe Biden or whatever else, but then the excuse for Donald Trump is, oh, I'm not supposed to imitate people. Give me a break. Like, that's not your rule because you just did on you have to look at this thread that I tweeted on Friday, I believe, Gary. Uh, you, it's unbelievable. You need to remember that when the left is concerned, where they're concerned, end justifies the means. And that's just another example of that. Jennifer mm -hmm. Bukowski, criminal defense attorney extraordinaire. Thank you for being with us. Thanks, Gary. All right. Take care. Glad to have you on. All right. Means of control. We, I talked about this with regard to a television set that I bought uh, a couple of uh, over the weekend. And Reason Magazine has Brian Tao's uh, means of control. Uh, and and when you hear what the government is doing, uh, Gary Nolan Show, Zimmer Radio Network. This is the Gary Nolan Show. 
It's 11.35, and I, I talked about this uh, yesterday. Was it yesterday I was talking about this TV thing? Yeah, yesterday. Over the weekend, I bought a television set, and it wouldn't let me uh, get apps like uh, YouTube TV or Paramount Plus or whatever unless I agreed to their terms, which was to let them kind of eavesdrop um, on what we watch and to target advertising and and all these other things. The problem is that when these groups collect all this information, they sell it to other people. One of the problems is that the government often buy that equi- that uh, that information. Information they couldn't get without a warrant, they can get by taking your tax dollars and buying information. And and I find this troublesome. So there's a book called Means of Control. Uh, By, uh, Byron Tao uh, has this. Uh, it documents how the private sector helps the government agencies keep tabs on American people. So he, he tells a story that uh, happened in Arizona. It, this, uh, this guy, uh, Lopez, Ivan Lopez, driving down the street, the cops pull him over, they say he had a broken taillight and that he was speeding. Then a drug-sniffing dog comes by and indica- indicates possible contraband. Police search his vehicle, they find fentanyl, cocaine, heroin, and meth. Lopez uh, subsequently agrees to a plea deal, uh, and he serves 84 months in prison for drug smuggling. This was back in 2018. They didn't find out until 2020 that it was neither a traffic offense nor the dog that led to his downfall. It was location data from his phone, which revealed that he was passing through the border at a place where there was no monitored crossing. A secret underground tunnel led from Mexico to a property he owned uh, in the Arizona border town of San Luis. Handful of small town border cops hadn't been actively monitoring his phone location. They were purchasing the information from third party brokers who were collecting GPS data produced by the apps on his phone. Uh, Brian Tao, uh, then a Wall Street Journal reporter, reported that year that the federal government, particularly immigration officials, had begun purchasing this data, which typically uh, had been meant for use by advertising companies. Now, you might be saying to yourself, if you're a drug warrior, well, that's good. They got a drug dealer off the street. But even if you're a drug warrior... This has to be troublesome. So, And let me explain why. Let me explain how this gets to be troublesome for everybody. Suppose that you're a conservative or a libertarian. And the, the, uh, the socialists and the communists have taken over. And that's not a, that's not a far stretch. Um, we're, we're right on the... Literally, we are uh, already being taken over by communists. And if you think that I'm exaggerating, uh, just look at the things the government does. Oh, wait a minute. You're suggesting that the socialists would, like, go go after conservatives? When has that ever happened before? 
What day is it? <laughs> <laughs> so they decide that they want to silence conservatives. They, they just go out and buy the information. And they find out where you're at, where you've been. They look for any opportunity to arrest you. This is dangerous. Somebody needs to write a law that says the federal government and state and local governments have to do the same thing. You cannot buy information from data brokers. If you want to find out what somebody is doing and you have reason to believe that they are committing a crime, you go to a judge, you get a search warrant, and then you find what they're doing and where they're doing it. That's fine with me. But using your tax dollars to go out and buy this data from data brokers and then using it to prosecute people, it's a problem. I mean, it, it may not be right now. Maybe it's just they're going after drug dealers. But somewhere down the road, they're going to be coming after you. Somewhere down the road, this will be used in ways that offend you. So if you're a legislator here in the state of Missouri and you're listening to me now, one of the pieces of legislation that you probably ought to introduce right away is one that prohibits state and local governments from purchasing data from data brokers. If you want to surveil somebody, do it legally. It, it will expand. I promise you, it will expand. The, the, the privacy that we give up is, is it's bad enough that, uh, you know, retailers get it and, and advertising people get it. But I don't want the government to get it. And there's another problem, and I guess it, it, to his uh, credit... Um, the the president is looking at fixing one uh, one problem that I think is is worth looking into, and that is foreign countries buying this information. Uh, I'm not sure if this makes uh, you know if this is a really a, a really good idea or not, but the Biden administration is trying to prevent communist China from buying this data and, and the biometric uh, information that is available about you. I don't know. Does it, is it going too far? Uh, I can't be sure. But we have to stop letting the government buy that information. We have to stop them from using your tax dollars without a warrant uh, and, and surveilling you. Because it will come back to haunt us. Maybe not this year, maybe two, three years down the road, who knows when. But you could get caught up in this. It's, it is um, distressing to me.
that nobody has thought to stop this. Stories like this animate uh, Tao's book, Means of Control, a book that documents how, across more than 20 years, the government has turned to the private sector to keep tabs on us, all uh, while both the, the authorities and the companies involved do everything they can to keep us in the dark. They're not announcing this. The government's not announcing this, but they're doing it. It is a surveillance state, and the government is using your money to surveil you. So state legislators in the state of Missouri, get on the ball. Stop them from using tax dollars, law enforcement or anybody else, from searching uh, through, uh, you know, sifting through information that consumers, you know, apparently are willing to give away to advertisers in exchange for the use of their apps. Because it will come back to haunt us. Back to wrap it up, it is the Gary Nolan Show. And it's the Zimmer Radio Network. It is 1149. Glad to have you with us. Border Patrol encounters plummet in Texas. But in California, they're up. So... Uh, former President Trump and President Biden are both going to Texas. Now, I can guarantee you that wherever President Biden shows up, there won't be anybody crossing the border illegally. It will look as though it is the quietest place on earth. They're not going to show these people streaming across the border while he's standing there. It, 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 it's not going to happen. What they should be doing is going to California because Texas is apparently already resolving the problem and, and they're, they're not coming to Texas. President Trump is going down there. He'll make the case of the border wall and, and, and that he's tougher on the border and all that stuff. But really, Biden is going down there to a location where chances are he won't see anybody. Because the last thing the Biden administration wants is a photograph of Joe Biden in front of uh, the, the Rio Grande with a stream of people crossing the border, uh, you know, illegally, if you will. That would just, you know, put him in all kinds of hell. So they're not they're not going to do that. I I pretty much I'm willing to bet a steak dinner on that. It it'll look good. In the meantime, Biden is trying to blame the Republicans. And to a certain extent, he may have a little bit of a case to make that they, you know, they had a chance to pass some legislation that might have made it a little bit better. And it might have, but they didn't fix it. But it's still not the Republicans' fault. This problem of immigration lies solely at the feet of progressives. Democrats have caused the problem. Progressives have caused, big government has caused, just about every major problem 
that we face in this country. I don't care what it is. If, if it's a problem, and it's a big problem, it's the result of big government. Think about it. Whether it's the war on drugs, whether it's welfare, food stamps, unemployment, inflation, all of it. It's all because of big government. You, you got a shortage of medicine, it's big government. You, you can't afford health care, it's big government. Every major problem we face, at some point we ought to wake up and realize that freedom is the answer. Liberty is the solution. Not more government regulation. They pass these regulations and rules and laws and, and they make things worse. And then they go, well, we just didn't go far enough. And the next thing you know, you got more regulations, more rules, more laws. Government is the problem. Ronald Reagan was right. Scariest words. I'm from the government and I'm here to help. Uh, Steve says, can Google be sued for the fake reviews made by their Gemini AI, uh, Gemini AI software damages? They might be. If they can uh, get a look at the, uh, at the, uh, the code, they might be able to. I don't know for sure. I'm not a civil, uh, and I'm, I'm not an attorney at all, much less civil. Uh, let's see. Uh, Bill says, you are speaking the truth. Someday, heaven forbid, Gary, they'll be coming after you. Yeah. Uh, on uh, what is uh, what is uh, Alan? He's on the uh, the uh, embryo thing. Yeah, he's going back to embryos from uh, an hour and a half ago. <sighs> so Alan, I guess he was listening. So yeah, so we can't no find him. today. I'm just curious to see what took him so long to dial the phone. Well, we're traveling cross-country, and a matter of signal loss is all I've amounted to. Yeah, all right, I'll let you go. What's up? What, what do you have? <laughs> okay, and I'm just on a question out there. I've not looked into this, thought about it much, but it was, if you're talking to embryos, um, could that be the equivalent of when we take somebody off of life support? Yes or no? I don't, I have no, I don't know. Again, haven't looked into it. Just throwing the question out for thought. If you've just turned the radio on, what Alan is talking about, a conversation we had about uh, Alabama declaring that uh, 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 an, uh, 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 an embryo that has been frozen is a life. Uh, and, and what is the solution? We have all these thousands of frozen embryos. Uh, they have two kids. Uh, they've still got uh, 10 or 12 more embryos. Uh, they don't want any more kids. If it's a life and you don't continue to pay to freeze the embryos, you're ending the life uh, that would be tantamount uh, in the eyes of some to murder. I don't um, I don't know what the solution is for those kids, those uh, embryos that are already fertilized. But one caller, the first caller today, Alan, had the solution for the future. Harvest okay. all the eggs you want, but uh, put the sperm in uh, one at a time. Yep, I heard that part, yeah. And I think that's that uh, certainly, yep. best solution for the future. All right, good questions, okay. Alan. I don't have an answer for them. Sorry, hey, but thank great you. Great show today for all I could hear. Thank you, Gary. Thanks, buddy. Glad to have you on the Gary Nolan Show. Yeah, I wish I had, wish I had the answers to some of these questions. Um, 
I don't know if I, uh, I've, I've got some other things here, but I, what do I have? I've got about like two minutes left. Yep, about two minutes. All right. I came out, uh, uh, I don't know, a couple of weeks ago, and I was talking about Boeing and the problems at Boeing. And I got a message from somebody who was attacking me, saying I shouldn't be attacking Boeing. It's the airlines that are responsible for the problems with the Boeing uh, airplanes. But Ed Pearson, uh, who worked for Boeing, quit working for Boeing. And he will not set foot on a 737 MAX airplane. In fact, when he books trips, he tries very hard. In fact, he won't. He, he works his way around it. He will not take one of those planes. This is not the airline that is a problem. It is the manufacturer. He literally was taking a trip somewhere, and when he got on the plane, he realized what it was, and he got up and left. He, he, the stewardess didn't want him to go, but he didn't want to stay. Five, uh, five years later, after the door plug... Uh, blew off a 737 MAX 9 in the middle of an Alaska Airlines flight last month. He is again trying to sound the alarm. Regulators ultimately approved the plane to return to the air nearly two years after the 2019 crash, but he still doesn't trust the MAX line. And you know what really irritates him? What really irritates him is that the government, the, the FAA, is right up the street from, from the Boeing plant. And they're not doing their job. They're not doing their job. This is the problem with the government regulating everything. He'll fly the old planes. He won't fly the new planes. It's not the airline. I'm not saying that airlines don't ever make mistakes. But Boeing is responsible for these aircraft not uh, not being safe. If this guy won't fly on them, I don't think I want to fly on them either. So just a tip, try and find out what kind of plane it is. And if it's uh, one of these uh, 737 MAX, get, get away. He wants to know where the hell the FAA is. The FAA had no presence in the factory and it irritates you, he said, because right down the road, literally 20 minutes down the road, they've got an office. we got to run whatever it is in life that you want. Go out and get it. Don't wait for the government to drop it in your lap. You make it happen. You seize the day. Carpe diem. And Gwen, baby, honey, I'm coming home.